Welcome to Uncle Bob's Magic Cabinet, a mother-daughter podcast on all things magic and pop culture. been on for like 10 minutes i know we've got the giggles today everyone (laughs) sidebars oh my god hi i'm lee i'm the daughter i'm Lori. i'm the mom (laughs) where's liberace playing in the background (laughs) we're like slap happy today i know is it the pittsburgh heat i don't know we've been burning the candle at both ends girl yeah we have yeah Well, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Got to do what you got to do. How was your week? What's new? Um, Hey, you know, uh, my week was fine. We're still, you know, kind of under quarantine, I think. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a little confused at what's happening, to be uh, completely honest. Yeah, I feel like every week we were like, uh, you know, so how was your week? Well, you know, I stayed in the house, but not really. Watched some more Netflix. Yeah. But, you know, gone are the days when it was like, hey, I'm going on an adventure today, which, yeah, you know, we tend to do a lot. We do. We do go on adventures, but mm-hmm. we have not been on an adventure in quite some time. Well, mm-hmm. trying to trying to keep, keep everyone safe, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So. I like your shirt today. Do you? Yeah, I do. This is my John Cusack shirt. She, for those of you who do not know, she loves John Cusack. I love. Oh John my god! Kuzak. What if we could get him on the podcast? Would you just like cry? Would you? Would you be able to speak? Uh, well, yeah. I'm <laughs> unlike yourself. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I do love John Cusack. I feel like uh, I grew up with him. Yeah, you know, we're about. The, I think we're the same age. Oh, really? But I've been following him since. Phew. I know. Would you say he's your biggest celebrity crush? Um, I wouldn't say it's a. I wouldn't say it's a crush. I just Liar. think. No, I mean, I just, he's my favorite actor. Okay. Yeah, he is my favorite actor. Mine I think he's Denzel. cool. I know. I love Denzel Washington. If he came on the podcast, I think I'd faint. Yeah. I, you know, I think I would love to sit down and have a chat with John Cusack because I love he seems his very smart, love his political views. Mm-hmm. And I just think he's a cool human being. So, seems cool. I'd like to hang with him. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Seems like a cool dude. Or he seems like a righteous dude. Righteous. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So how about you? How was your week? Uh, you know, it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. I dyed uh I have like blonde streaks in my hair and I dyed them periwinkle. 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 It kind of almost wow. already washed out, but you know, YOLO, as the kids say. The kids say these days, YOLO. I've reached that level of quarantine where I was like, yeah, let, let, I just dye my hair purple. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. It's been about a tick since I've dyed my hair. Yeah. Uh, for those who haven't seen us before, don't watch us, you have like white hair. My hair's white. Yeah. I think you should dye it a fun color. Hmm. I started dyeing my hair when I was like, hmm, 18, mm-hmm. you know, when you were like, oh, it's just the cool thing to do. Right. I didn't need to. But um, I come from a 
a long line of people who start going gray at like 20. I, I think I got shocked. my first gray hair yeah. at like 21. I'm really surprised I haven't started yet, to be completely honest. Yeah. I think yeah. my dad was completely white in his early 20s. So I started going then. So I just kept dying it, dying it, dying it. And then, um, you know, that gets expensive. It, yeah, it's a lot of It gets keep. expensive. And then, so then I was doing it myself and mm-hmm. <clears throat> talk about... With the box dye. Yeah, talk about hot mess express right there. It's like, my gosh, it's like you up your nostril, get it all up over your, your forehead. Oh, it's everywhere. You mm-hmm. can't get it off. And and then it only lasts a couple of weeks, even if you go to the salon. Oh, and it's I like know. four weeks, you know, I start getting the skunk striped on the... I always go to the salon and I'm like, I want this to last. Like, make it permanent. I don't care. I'll go mm-hmm. to the grave with it. Just mm-hmm. make it last. And then they're like, yeah, definitely. And then two weeks later, it's gone. I'm like, yeah. what is it? He, somebody told me once it's like my hair texture. So I wonder Do you if, think it's just our hair? I wonder if I pass that on to you. Great. Thank you. You're welcome. Then remember, I used to just, I'm known for wearing a lot of scarves on my head. Yeah. <clears throat> Scarves one, and hats. One. Yeah. I mean, I love it. I love a hat. Love a hat. Love a scarf. But a lot of the reason was to like cover up the gray because it was like, I'm, I the don't roots. have time to do it like every two weeks. So right. I think it's been... I like it. It's been quite a number of years and I was just like, hey, that, remember when I like buzzed it all off? She buzzed her hair off. Yeah. And at one point you did dye it neon pink. That was fun. Um, yeah. Yeah. It looked like a pink traffic cone. I did. Yeah. Traffic cones aren't pink, they're orange. I said pink traffic oh, cone. Oh, pink, neon. It was that bright. Maybe a, in the valley. <laughs> in the valley, it's a, a traffic cone in the valley. <laughs> a valley girl traffic cone. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but my hair was so short just to get rid of all the dark You're and right. start fresh. I look like my Aunt Lola. <laughs> Aunt Lola, she's yeah. from Braddock. Yeah, Braddock, Pennsylvania. And she used to wear her lipstick like way above her lip line. Yeah, that so was... that's all I needed. I just needed like some of that. Oh my god, you could have been here for Halloween. Frosty pink uh, <laughs> lipstick and like coral nail polish. Coral. I feel like coral nail polish was a thing in our our family. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Or like the opalescent. I feel like once you hit a certain age, the only two nail colors you know are like. <laughs> Coral and Coral. opalescent. <laughs> Stop. Not Stop. to not to drag anyone, but yeah. do your thing. So before we started uh started filming, we yeah. were we were talking about you know our age or not the age, but our differing generations. I have switched my notes to my laptop. You switched your notes to the laptop and then you're like, Don't look at my notes and I'm like, dude, I could not read that if it were right on top you need of my some face. Glasses, girl. I have glasses. Well, why aren't you wearing them? Why aren't you wearing yours? Why? I, I got my glare. Con- I got my contacts right. in. Glare. Yeah, that's true. And I have mine all written down nice and neatly. Mm-hmm. And I used one of your colored pens. So we were you talking did. about how you have a collection of pens. I have a collection of colored felt tip markers that are very, I, I love them. And I borrowed, I bo- <laughs> she borrowed the dark green. I borrowed the green because it's my favorite color. And literally you come in, you're like, did you use my green pen? And I was like, out no. of the 54 markers you I have in there. I didn't say, did you use it? I said, did you take where's it? My green because pen? it was missing. <laughs> I said, where's my dark green pen? Out of the 54 markers you have over there, you like, it was like I instantaneous. Am, where's I am the green? a color coded person. I knew there's a light green, dark green, and I went to go for the dark, and it was gone. <laughs> I will have to don't try me obtain my own set of markers. <laughs> you can share; just put can it I? back in the cup when you're done. 
That's oh all I Oh my ask. gosh, that's hilarious. Yeah, so I am wearing my John Cusack shirt today because yeah, rocks. of uh, your you topic. know, I'm wearing my high fidelity t-shirt. Yeah. Uh, but that's... Does your topic involve John topic Cusack? does involve John Cusack. Uh, oh, I'm excited. Yes. Okay. All right, so what are you talking about today? All right, you want me to jump in? Jump on in, girl. Okay, I'm a little nervous about this one. Why? I don't know. It gives Why? me the heebie-jeebies, kind of. Really? Yeah, we're going to go a little mythical, mm. which I hope that people are down with, because I think it falls under the magic umbrella. Okay. You know? Mm-hmm. I'm going to do the Mothman prophecies. Interesting. With thoughts? Um, well, I have to say, I you're probably going to school me today. Am because, I? Yeah, because I'm that. Uh, I think I've seen that once. That's Richard Gere, right? Yeah, you're going to want to see it because it's an excellent movie. I have seen it. Yeah. It's been a while, but that's not one I go back and watch again I would. and again. I would if I watch were it you. again. Mm-hmm. It's uh, clo- it's close to home. Like it takes place close to like it West takes Virginia. Place in Richmond. Let me just check. Let me fact check. Nope. Richmond. What the heck was I talking about? Richmond, that's Virginia. (laughs) I don't know where I was. A little too much gin in my cup. Does anybody know where we can get a cup that doesn't make so much noise? That doesn't make this sound? (laughs) Because my husband, the sound editor, is looking at me like, take another sip. I dare you. We're adding to his editing time I know. by clinking our, our ice cubes. Clinking the cup. Okay, it takes place in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Take away everything I said prior to this. Point Pleasant, West okay. Virginia. All right. Okay, so yeah, a little close to home. I think we Googled it and it's, what, a six-hour drive, babe? Like, give or take. Give or take six and hours. And wait until I tell you we're going there. Oh, girl. We're going. I'm already telling you. Someone, I'm you know, I'm hoping one of our listeners is going to like keep tabs of every cool place we say we need to visit because we're definitely going to have to do like a YouTube series where we go and visit all oh, these places. Girl, we're doing it. I already, I'm making a list. Okay. I am making a list. I'm excited. We'll add Point Pleasant to the list. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Don't, okay. You're going to tell me. I'm not going to. I'm going to tell you. Okay. Okay. So the Mothman Prophecies is a movie that was made in 2002. Okay. Okay. It's based on a book, but we'll get to that later. It is based on true events. Okay. And it stars Richard Gere, Laura Linney, and Debbie Messing from Will and Grace. Oh. She she doesn't make it very long. Uh oh. Oh, Deborah Messing. Oh, Debbie. I like Laura Linney though. You do like Laura Linney. Yeah, I do. She's the one that kind of gets on my nerves a little bit from one Love from, Actually. Yes, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, what else is she? What did we just see her in? She was in uh, the Secret Life of David Gale, wasn't she? I can't remember that. But we did just see her. In we something. did, and I was like, "Is that the girl? Is she in the Secret Life of David Gale?" Fact check. We need our fact. We need checker. a. Be- we need a better fact checker. Why? Jake's pretty good at no, it. No, 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 no. Jake is. <laughs> Jake is. I'm talking about from myself because oh. I think in the one of the other podcasts I said something about um, Rosemary oh, being well. on Mary Tyler Moore or something, but she was actually on the Dick Van Dyke Show. I think people will. I think that's they're okay. like who the heck's Rosemary? I know. I think it's going to be okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay. She was Laura Linney, Secret Constance Life of David Gale. Huh? She played Constance Haraway. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So she was in The Secret Life of David Gale. Yeah. She was very good in this movie. It, it made yeah. me change my opinion. She's, a good She's actress. very good, but her character in Love Actually bothers me. It's kind of, I know. It's yeah. too close to home. Don't, yeah. okay. don't at me. <laughs> I'm not going to get my. <laughs> don't drag me like that. Freudian pen out. No. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So I'm going to recap the movie. 
Um, so here's your spoiler alert. I do think that people would love this movie. I had only seen it once mm-hmm. prior to this mm-hmm. and kind of forgot about it. And then I was okay. like, I should go back. And I was like, dang, it kind of it gave me the creeps. Was there a sequel? I have no idea if there was a sequel. Fact checker. I don't. Yeah. How? How would there be a sequel? Oh, actually, never mind. I know how. I'm okay. Gonna, um, okay. No Jake says no. You lie. Liar. I'm putting that on my list, my to-do list now. <laughs> She's going to make the sequel. Okay. So, the movie. Like I said, 2002. So, me and Jake were talking, and we, like, love early 2000s mm-hmm. movies mm-hmm. because they have, like, the soundtracks are, like, this... It's such a weird vibe of, like, I don't know, rock music, but it's kind of, like, emo. It's it's very, like, a time capsule mm-hmm. of the early 2000s. Do okay. you know what I mean by that? Um, no. Like the creepy. Okay, so like take um, what's that one movie with the girl that Jake likes? Oh, Queen geez. of the Damned. Oh yeah. Think yeah, of the yeah. music in Queen of the Damned. Okay, yeah. Okay, that's to me is like every early two thousands mm-hmm. movie it has Aaliyah. that kind of soundtrack. Okay, yeah, with with the girl, with the girl. <laughs> no, Aaliyah, Aaliyah is her name. <laughs> Thank you. Known as Aaliyah. <laughs> okay, so the movie opens. Um, a couple is buying a house. Mary and John Klein. So. Mary is Deborah Messing. John Klein is Richard Gere. Okay. They buy a house. It's like a dream come true. And as soon as Deborah Messing says, this house is my dream come true, I'm like, oh, bye-bye. And goodbye. (laughs) So they're driving home from, you know, the dream come true. And she is driving. And she sees something that hits the car. And she wrecks. And Uh she smacks her head. Is it raining? Uh, no, I don't think it was raining. Okay. No, everything was fine. Okay. And then she just sees something, um, and you get a little bit of a glimpse of it, and she wrecks the car, and she okay. bumps her head. Okay. <clears throat> she wakes up in the hospital. She's freaking out. She says she's still seeing things. She's, like, having visions of this thing that she saw. Okay. It turns out that she has a tumor. Uh-oh. And she goes bye-bye. Oh, no. Okay. But... There's this nurse that says to uh, John, the husband, um, she knew she was going to die. She was drawing angels and he's going to like collect her things and he looks in this notebook and there's all these weird drawings of what we know now to be the Mothman. Okay. Okay. So like the, this dark shape with glowing red eyes and she's, she had drawn like thousands of them. Oh. Okay. So that is. In just the few days she was in the hospital. Correct. I said, who smuggled in some colored pencils? (laughs) She, as long as they weren't Leanne's. <laughs> is, that my, is that my green pen? <laughs> yeah, it was like these intricate charcoal drawings. I was like, dang, it's just, she just really went to town after two seconds of being in the hospital. Yeah. But yeah. Okay, so she dies. He finds these drawings. He goes out to like inspect the scene and he realizes that on the front of their car, there's like this imprint, like this body imprint of yeah. like it's something with wings, okay. but it's very large. Okay. Deborah Messing goes bye bye. Okay. Okay. Then in the movie, she's out. (laughs) She did good. (laughs) You did good, kid. Bravo. Okay. Flash forwards two years. Okay. I believe he's like a a writer. Okay. John Klein is like a writer at the Washington Post or something. He seems very like he's important. Okay. He seems like he is. Right. We're not sure. He's supposed to be. So he lives. Oh, that's why I said Richmond. Oh, he lives in he Richmond. He lives in Richmond. Okay. See? You See? weren't totally off base there. It wasn't the gin. I'm smart. <laughs> he, 
he is that's where they live okay okay so that's where what'd you say no he doesn't oh shit does he (laughs) never mind jake's correcting me he lives. <laughs> where is then? Where's the Richmond coming from? I know I'm where it's so coming lost. from. I got it now. He lives in Washington D.C. because he. Wait, he yeah, because he Richmond. writes for the Washington Post. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> My God. <laughs> I swear. He lives in Washington D.C. That's where this all happens. He is supposed to be going to Richmond, Richmond, Virginia, for to what? meet. With- Jake is nodding. Okay. Oh. He he's supposed to be interviewing someone. For what purpose? For, oh, just for, for, the, for this for, paper that oh, okay. he works at. Okay. He's going to Richmond, Virginia. Again, not stupid. It did have a place in here. Gotcha. Just a little confused. Mm-hmm. He's going to Richmond, Virginia. Okay, so Washington, D.C. I'm really bad at maps. Richmond, Virginia, kind of close. To- <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you're, you can't see it, like you? you're like, you're doing some weird hand gestures. They're close together. Okay, Richmond is below Washington. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> it shouldn't take long for him to get there, was okay. my point. <laughs> All of the sudden, he ends up in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Okay. Without knowing how he got there. Mm-hmm. And that is far away from where he was. Okay. Okay. Right? Jake is nodding. Okay. Okay. So, he like blacks out and ends up in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Okay. Okay. With no memory of how he got there, he thought he was driving to Richmond. Okay. Time is like wonky and stops. Okay. And all of a sudden his car dies and he's just in Point Pleasant. Okay. Gotcha. Turns out all of this, all of these weird things are happening in this town. People are seeing um, strange things. They're getting weird feelings. There have been multiple reports of a moth-like creature with glowing red eyes. Okay. And where have we heard? Where have we? It was in uh, Debbie's notebook. (laughs) It was in Debbie's journal. (laughs) With the charcoal drawings. Okay. So he's like, whoa. You get it. Okay. He starts receiving weird phone calls that know a lot of things about him. Okay. Okay. Um, people in the town are getting premonitions. There are, you know, this, these weird figures are calling people on the phone and telling them things. Mm-hmm. Or they're like whispering to them in dreams or, okay. And you said this is based on true events. This is based on true events. Okay. I like it. I know. So here's where the magic comes in. Okay. Because okay. people are like having these premonitions. So this one guy who's like, uh, he's supposed to represent a lot of actual people that had these accounts, but this oh. this character wasn't mm-hmm. actually real. He's just supposed to be like, okay. a, you know, a, a mesh. An accumulation. Correct. Okay. Okay, so he hears this voice in the sink. In the sink? In the sink. Okay. He hears a voice in the sink, and the voice tells him that 99 people will die, but not to be afraid, and he keeps saying, Denver 9, this voice. Okay. So this guy tells John Klein this, um, because at this point, John Klein is staying and trying to figure out what is going on because of the tie to his wife. Okay. Right? Right. Okay. Turns out after that guy hears the voice in the sink, um, Denver flight number nine crashes and 99 people die. Like immediately after this voice tells him this. Mm. Okay. Multiple people were having visions of drowning. And this one character has a vision of her um, going into a body of water and around her she sees a bunch of floating Christmas presents. 
and she knows she's dying, she says, in this dream. Okay. Okay. It turns out that in history, this is what they say in the movie, that the moth, okay, okay. is a psychic tortured soul trapped in a hellish realm. That is what the moth symbolizes. Really? I know. Right? And that's what they say in the movie? That's what they say in the movie. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Ukrainians call this thing the Mothman, and it always appears before really bad events. Hmm. Okay. He's like a warning. He didn't show up in a couple of mine. (laughs) (laughs) Where was he at? (laughs) Could have used his help. Okay, good. <laughs> well, so that's what they're saying in the movie, but in the movie, and then when I fact checked, no one is really sure if he, if the Mothman, or I'm I'm a little unsure if it's one Mothman or if it's like Mothmen. Like, are there multiple Mothmen or is it just uh, one generational Mothmen? Correct. Yeah, I'm mm, not really sure about that, but it is not. We don't know if he's causing these events or okay. if he's trying to help warn. Of these events, but regardless, he seems a little menacing. Okay. Right? Okay. Okay. In the movie, they say that this figure, this moth-like figure, shows up in cave paintings and that he is not a part of physical reality. He lives on a different plane. That's why he's so mythical. Okay. Okay. Um, Most people are not sensitive enough to see the Mothman without some kind of trauma having happened to you hmm. hence okay. why john klein is kind of gotcha gotcha mm-hmm. okay or why mary klein saw the mothman okay. because she had a tumor right so the mothman mm-hmm. was there. warning her yeah. about the tumor okay it appears differently to everyone and then this voice tells the guy in the sink again that there will be a tragedy on the River Ohio. Likes to hang out in the sink. He really likes to <laughs> hang out in this guy's sink. Okay, a tragedy where? On the River Ohio. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, so he appears in this guy's sink, but other people are seeing it. Okay. So all the while, while this is going on, while this guy's hearing him in the sink, and he's calling John Klein on the phone, and he knows a lot of stuff, other people in the town are seeing this figure. Okay. So it's a, a large man-like figure face unrecognizable except for two giant glowing red eyes and it has wings okay hence the moth man and it can fly got it okay because of the wings okay so after it says that there's going to be a tragedy on the river ohio the scene in the movie they're all on the bridge okay over the ohio river the bridge starts to shake, shimmy, shimmy and shake, shimmy, shimmy. Something happens. The bridge collapses. Bunch of cars go in the river of Ohio. <laughs> the, river dun, dun, dun. Of, the river of Ohio. 36 people die. Oh, bummer. Yeah, kind of sad, right? Mm-hmm. After this, all sightings of the Mothman in Point Pleasant stop. What year was that? Um, so in the movie, it seems like it's supposed to be present day, like 2002, but in reality, it was 1967, I believe. Ooh, the year I was born. Mm-hmm. Interesting. 
right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so now I'm going to fact check. Okay. Okay. How do you feel? How do you feel about that? Wow. Kind of creepy. It is a little creepy. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, not unbelievable. Right. right? Right. I think that's kind of why I'm creeped out. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of down with that, right? Yeah. Okay. So what is true? So the movie was based on a book by John A. Keel, who was a paranormal investigator who went to Point Pleasant in December 1966 to explore Mothman and other supernatural sightings. Okay. So apparently there was a, you know. There was a string. Yeah. So there, let me see. In November, or so on November 15th, 1966, two couples spotted a man with large wings in the middle of the road. They stopped, looked at it. It had the glowing red eyes. It had the wings. Um, they tried to drive away from it. It flew at them at like 60 miles per hour and followed the car is what these people were saying. And my first reaction was like, were you guys high? <laughs> my first reaction would be, I think I just crapped my pants. <laughs> <laughs> what you're smoking? <laughs> yeah, right? Right. I'd, I'd be leery of like telling people that because, you know. Right. They're like many people would not take you seriously. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. But okay. So as far as John A. Keel, right? The books that this movie, there's Nanook. Everyone say hi to Nanook. So his books are Visitors from Space and The Mothman Prophecies. So this is an actual book and I really want to read them. Okay. Like big time. You have a really long book list. I do. Yeah. Someone else keep track of my books. Um, He was not married. So Deborah Messing's character was completely fabricated. Okay. Okay, so flash forward to the 1966, two couples see this, you know, very tall with red eyes. They filed a police report. Like, they it, they were very scared, and they were like, no, we saw this thing. Mm-hmm. It's Just let every it happen. week, it's me. <laughs> Just let it happen. He needs to say hello, you know this. <laughs> Hi, honey. You want to talk about the Mothman? It's like he just needs his own microphone for real, right? Okay. So, for one year, starting in November of 1966, over 100 people reported reported sightings in that area of Point Pleasant. Wow, I bet those people, (laughs) the first people, were like, "See, see, we're like validated." (laughs) Yeah, validation. I wasn't crazy. Mm -hmm. Okay, most are happening in what is known as the TNT area. Which uh, I hope I'm not butchering this. I believe it's like an old abandoned abandoned dynamite storage facility that oh, was wow. used during one of the wars. Okay, oh, wow. but it's completely abandoned. Um, but apparently they like the government was using it to like make explosives. Right? Like an experiment. An experiment on was yes. it a, was it a secret area fifty four? It was very secret, yes. Mm, okay. Like they were trying to keep it on it's the... all making sense now, girl. On the low, low. Yeah. Okay. On the DL. Right. So the TNT area is where most of these sightings occur, hmm. um, which is in the movie. They do talk okay. about that. Okay. Okay. So some people did claim to have nightmares about Christmas presents floating in okay. water. So that is true. All right. Um, and... A lot of people had visions of themselves drowning. Interesting. So also fact check to be true. Okay. Besides the dreams, though, I could not find anything of like, you know, how the guy in the sink 
was told that this flight was going to crash. I couldn't find anything like that mm-hmm. where this Mothman was telling people like yeah, actual things that were happening. Okay. Couldn't find anything like that, but people were reporting that their phones were ringing off of the hook and that there was weird static noises like that was actually happening, which is a big thing in the movie. Okay. Okay. So again, true. It is believed that this is like a mass hysteria thing because this place was very small. Not a lot happened in this town. And so like where you, one person says they see it and then people just start to believe that it's true. And then they Uh -uh. think they're seeing it. Smoking the wacky weed. (laughs) (laughs) For real. Mm. Okay. Growing out there. So on December 15th, 1967, the bridge did collapse. That is true. Over the Ohio River, 31 cars plunged into the river, 64 people went in, 46 died. Oh, my. Okay, and that happened because, so the movie claims, and at the time of the movie, they may not have known what caused the bridge to collapse because the movie ends with, still to this day, we don't know what caused the bridge to collapse. Okay. We, uh, we do know. We do know now. <laughs> Through technology. Through, yeah. So a single eye bar fractured, causing the pin to come loose, and the whole bridge collapsed. So we watched this whole thing about like how bridges are made, basically, and... You're uh, never going to cross a bridge again. <laughs> well, it did use Pittsburgh as an example oh. of like good bridges. Like oh, it, it, They are made, and it said that because of this you know yeah. thing happening that a lot of bridges are not made like that anymore where like it literally if you look at a bridge you know they kind of look like pins yeah one pin snapped one on this bridge and the whole thing went down <laughs> so it, like with pittsburgh uh it's made so that that cannot happen yeah many people might not know but pittsburgh is the city of the bridges city, yeah i know yeah we got a lot of bridges here. We do have a lot of bridges. Yeah. I know when they brought that up in the documentary, well, I thought they were going to say the Pittsburgh bridges were like bad. And I was like, oh my God, I'm never crossing a bridge again. <laughs> You'd never go anywhere. I wouldn't. You'd <laughs> just like now we're in quarantine. Well, yeah. yeah no. <laughs> it's fitting now. Okay. So that is why the bridge collapsed. But a lot of people claim to have seen the Mothman on the bridge days prior to the collapse and the day of the collapse. Hmm. Okay. But it is true that after this, All sightings of him stopped in this town. Weird. Right. He's been seen in other towns? He has been seen elsewhere. Oh my gosh, he's traveling. (laughs) He's traveling. He's a traveling mothman. Correct. Like the traveling (laughs) Wilburys. So, rumors are that people claim to have spotted the mothman before the events at Chernobyl, (laughs) which was in 1986. Oh lord. (laughs) And before 9-11. Oh, wow. I know. Wow. I don't know how much truth is in that. I mm-hmm. didn't dive too deep into that because, to be honest, it kind of freaks me out. Yeah, I bet. But, um, and also, and I didn't look into this, which I'm going to more, in Chicago in 2017, sightings of him popped up. Really? Yes. Did something happen in Chicago? Not that I could find. Which is where John Cusack is from. Oh, oh. There well, we go. would you look at that? It's the tie-in. I know. So... He, yes, he has been seen other places, but after the bridge collapse, gonzo. In that town. So people are saying, did he cause the bridge collapse? Or he's just forewarning. Or was he warning you? I feel like he's warning. I feel like he's a nice, a nice guy. <laughs> I feel like he might with be allergies. trying to help you out. With allergies, that's why his eyes are so red. Right, right, right. 
Oh, okay. Jake is telling me it's called the Silver Bridge. Oh, okay. The one that collapsed in Point Pleasant. Yes, my bad. Okay. So, there are some, you know, people trying to debunk, of course... And they're saying that what people could have been seeing. So the the general conclusion is that people were actually seeing something, mm-hmm. but it wasn't Mothman. Okay. Okay. Um, they are saying that it could have been a mutant sandhill crane bird, which is like this big bird okay. that has red eyes. And they're saying that because it was next to this TNT chemical plant, Ugh. that there could have been some spillage in the river and that it could have led to this mutant bird. <laughs> Which is kind of scarier That's than the Mothman. <laughs> right? I think I'd be more scared of that. A mutant crane? Yes, because in 1981, which obviously is after this, but still they found uh, that there was like a red water seep directly in the river. Ugh. So it could have really, and these birds are found in West Virginia. Oh, wow. It could have caused a mutant bird. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. But I tend to believe that it was actually Mothman. You go, girl. Um, also in the town, which I would like to dive more into, there were also sightings of, like, UFOs and stuff around the same time. Well, yeah, because there's a, a big UFO. It's Kexburg or something. That might I'm be another sure, yeah. podcast episode let's get into our lingo okay so that's about where i leave off i did want to say though that point pleasant is now booming Mm -hmm. because of the mothman they have a mothman festival that started in 2002 along the same time as the movies um and there's a mothman museum where they have props from the movie and there's also a mothman statue in the middle of town and this uh like festival brings the town a lot of money like so they kind of embrace the mothman and uh brings revenue and we're going put it on the list yeah, so that's where I leave off. Um, I think that this is super cool. Also yeah. kind of creepy. Um, I think that if you see the Mothman, look out. <laughs> look out, dog. Look I think out. he might be warning Something's you coming. or something. Something's coming. Yeah, I don't think that it's a mean <clears throat> yeah. creature. I think that he might be warning you of something. Ominous. Yeah. An ominous presence. Right. Yeah. Ooh, I like so it. So I was a little shocked at how many true like that this yeah. was actually a thing mm-hmm. that like people were giving police reports about seeing this mothman that's really interesting mm-hmm. wow i love it and it's interesting because my topic today is also based on true events <gasps> wow okay and are we, we are d- we segmenting are you done yeah i'm done are you mm-hmm. okay do we should we just dive right in then just ju- well uh, do you have any thoughts on the mothman i mean heck i think that's really interesting and i hope that i don't see him one i would probably pee my pants and two then i'm like i'm not gonna be getting on any planes or anything right <laughs> right i know yeah. not going over any big bodies of water yeah for real now i'm gonna be kind of be looking at bridges a little weird Hmm. um i would recommend that movie 10 out of 10 10 out of 10 Cool. Super cool. I'm going to have to go back and revisit that. I haven't seen it like in forever. Probably yeah. like when it first came out. Yeah, you're going to want to watch it. Okay. I'll revisit. All right. All right. So, give me what you got. Uh, yeah. So my topic is also based on true events. And I today am doing Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. <gasps> Ooh. Ooh. I love it. I love that movie. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think 
I'm in a small population of people that what? love that movie. Really? It was a box office flop. What? Yeah. So it was done in 1997, and it's considered an American crime drama and actually based on, you know, real life events. Um, it's based on a book by the same name mm-hmm. that came out um, by John Barrent in uh, 1994-95. Uh, it was on the best-selling list for 216 weeks. And as far as I know, according to my research, it uh, remains the longest-standing New York Times bestseller. Wow. Right. That's a, that's so, a medal. I did read the book when I yeah, was younger. Mm-hmm. Right. I had several copies of the book. I would always collect them whenever I would find them. Very pretty cover. Mm, beautiful. Yeah. There's so many things in this movie that are characters themselves other mm-hmm. than the cast, which, you know, I, I'm going to talk about. Okay. But, um, so... Then they decide to make a movie out of it, mm-hmm. and it is um, directed and produced by Mr. Clint Eastwood. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fascinating. Fascinating. And it had a $30 million budget and only took in 25 mil at the box office, so... What a flop. Yeah. So it was kind of a box office flop. Again, odd because it did have a star-studded cast. It had a stellar cast. Um, But it was long. Because I watched the other night and Jake was like, oh my gosh, enjoy that. Three hours. It's like... (laughs) like almost three hours long or something i love it so yeah um but yeah it's a long one so get some popcorn and settle on in so uh it stars he who shan't be named mr oh, kevin spacey yeah um you know which we're not gonna dive into that no whole topic because what a crushing blow he's such a good actor um unfortunate but he plays uh jim williams Mm-hmm. Okay, so who is a real-life character? And then we have Mr. John Cusack. Johnny Q. Johnny Q, who plays John Kelso, who is actually um, John Barrent. The guy who wrote the, the book? Yeah, the guy who wrote the book, so his name was changed. So a lot of the names were changed, but... Right. And then Jude Law. I love Jude Law. Right. And he plays Billy Hansen. And he is subbing in, or like that's name has changed. The real character's name, or the real person's name is Danny Hansford. Danny Hansford, okay. Yeah. So it highlights the crime of murder by wealthy uh, Savannah socialite Jim Williams and his employee and lover um, in his antique business. Lover. His lover, Mr. Danny Hansford. So Jim Williams at the time is 51. And Danny Hansford is 21. <gasps> Scandalous. Scandalous. Talk about life imitating art, huh? Oh, yikes. Okay. Don't. Yeah, and it's uh, definitely said that Kevin Spacey and Jude Law bear a striking resemblance to the real life people. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I'm going to have to go <clears throat> Google some pics. Yeah, absolutely. So the real Jim Williams did not come from money. Okay, so he moved to Savannah and became a noted antiques dealer and a preservationist. And he really did a lot for Savannah. He actively preserved the Savannah Historic District. Um, Starting in 1955, at the age of 24, he bought and restored his first three buildings. And over the next 35 years, he restored 50 homes in the Historic District of Savannah. He was busy. Right. Um, 
1969, and this is like almost a character in itself, he purchases the Mercer House, mm-hmm. which, right? Yeah. And uh, that was built by General Hugh Mercer in 1860. Okay. Okay. And he is the great grandfather of famed American songwriter Johnny Mercer. Right? I don't think I've ever connected that dot. Really? Did I? I pro- was probably yeah. we were probably we've toured there. Yes, yeah, so we were probably to, don't get ahead of me, girl. Okay, my bad. But we were probably told that on the tour, and I just yeah didn't retain it. So the funny thing is, is that neither of them actually ever lived in the house. Oh, yeah, because I think Hugh Mercer died before the house was finished being built. Mm-hmm. That's a bummer. But whether this, whether you like this film or not, this soundtrack. Is absolutely killer diller. Stunning. It's a beautiful soundtrack. I love this soundtrack. And so it is a bunch of different artists performing the Johnny Mercer tunes. Um, and, and Mr. Kevin Spacey actually sings on one, and he, he does a pretty good job. But uh, Autumn Leaves, and uh, it's, it's just very great. Pretty. It is a great, great soundtrack. Just, oh, my gosh. A great I'm soundtrack. Slurring my words. <laughs> um, so definitely check that out. So Johnny Mercer wrote the lyrics to 1,500 songs. Wowza. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you didn't know this, but he was a record label exec, and he co-founded Capitol Records. Nuh-uh. Yeah. Dang. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he had a long time affair with Judy Garland when she was 19 and she broke it off and it so um, affected him that they say that's why his music was so good. Like it, it was so hard, like so many emotions in it wow. was because of her. So there you go. Okay. So he was actually born in Savannah. And so the opening scene of the movie is Johnny Mercer's tombstone. Oh, okay. Yeah, in the Bonaventure Cemetery, which, of course, another part is, you know, is the famous bird girl, the statue. That's on the cover. That's on the cover of the book and that you see in the beginning of the movie um, was made. It was actually uh, one of four statues that were made, and that was in, um, you know, somebody's personal plot, which has now become famous and was actually moved to a museum because people were... You it know, became a tourist attraction. Became a tourist attraction and people were, you know, graffitiing it and stuff like that. Were so, they drawing penises on the bird girl? <laughs> oh my gosh. So <laughs> so they actually moved it to a museum. So if you go to Savannah, which we did, and uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but I that was one of the things that I wanted to see and, yeah. and we couldn't see it because she wasn't there. Yeah. Bummer. Um, yeah. So... This movie is said to have exposed the dark side of Savannah society, um, which up to this point was relatively insular in the town. So a lot of the characters in the movie are real people. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, I feel like John Cusack's face says it so well throughout the entire movie because the look on his face is just like, you can't make this stuff up. Like, what is going on? Like, you literally cannot make this stuff up. So... Um, Jim Williams is known for throwing these big, lavish Christmas parties, right? Where the, you know... The elite. The elite are invited. And so John Cusack's character is hired uh, to come and cover Mm -hmm. for some magazine. You know, this big spread. So the interesting thing is at the party, they use a lot of of the real Jim Williams, his family and friends that used to attend the party they used for the movie. Oh, cool. So that's pretty cool, right? Um... 
Yeah, so like uh, Joe Odom, Lady Chablis, Jerry Spence, all of these people are real people, and they actually play themselves in the movie. Not Joe Odom, but Jerry Spence um, in the real Sonny Siler that represents Jim Williams as the judge. So it's really interesting to get in there and just like pick apart this movie. I had such a good time. Mm-hmm. They actually used the real house for filming. I didn't know that. Which, you know, we... Ended up in Savannah last year, yeah. driving through, and we were only going to be there for a minute. And so, again, I think we talked about in one of the other episodes that I love (laughs) to do stuff like this. And and my son-in-law, Jake, does not. And so, when he suggested that we go to the Mercer house, which has now called the Mercer Williams house after Jim Williams um, owned it, and tore it i was like a little kid in a candy store it was seriously fascinating i would definitely if you were in savannah you have to go it's on my bucket list yeah Yeah. and and jake took a a a rock from he took a brick (laughs) brick so this yeah the streets are all made of uh, so savannah like it's palpable like you can feel the energy in savannah Mm -hmm. we Mm -hmm. were only there for a little bit but wow that's a haunted place. Yeah. So they're like around the the Mercer house. It's like lined with these brick roads and mm-hmm. a brick was loose. And Jake's like, we can't afford a souvenir. So I'm going to take this brick. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, it's probably haunted. <laughs> but so we have still a, have it. Yeah. It's in the Hedgewood shop. Yeah, yeah. So you have a brick. I have a brick. From Savannah in front of the Mercer Williams house. Nice. Yeah. So Nailed we it. toured it. And the interesting thing was like so much of his stuff was there. And he was an antique dealer. And we're not talking about like my antique. No. Where, you know, I go get a Quaker Oats <laughs> jar. You know, he's like got Fabergé eggs and like one of a kind things. Right. And so, the art. And the art. Oh, my God. So I think they said when they filmed the movie that all of the antiques had to be removed and replicas put in there. um, Because the insurance company would not even cover. I can imagine. So when we were in there, there were tons of family photos of the real Jim Williams. Yeah, it was kind of spooky. It was cool. It was cool. Yeah. But it kind of it almost kind of felt like you were somewhere where you weren't supposed to be. Because it, like, it was someone's house. It's definitely you know I mean? eerie. Yes, it was eerie. That's a and good... And I was like, John Cusack was in here. <laughs> John Cusack's butt touched this pillow. <laughs> Where do you go? Where do you go? <laughs> you thought of it. <laughs> I did not. Um, okay, so uh, definitely... So Jim Williams' sister now, according to my research, lives in the house. And Ooh. she runs the museum. Okay. Yeah, so his family still owns and and lives in that house. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool, right? Mm-hmm. So what they don't show in the movie is that there were four trials. And he was... Trials? T- trials, so before he was finally For acquitted. What? So yeah, so I didn't even talk about... No. Yeah, what really happened. So right. at this party, his um, beau or his... You know, the person that worked for him. Played by Jude Law. Played by Jude Law. Um, there's a, a, a big scuffle. And everybody's gone from the party. And he ends up dead. Now, the research was that it didn't happen after the party. It actually happened in May. Okay. So, that was something a little bit different. Um, so, there's this really long trial. And he, in the movie, it doesn't show up. But he's actually goes to trial four times and he's convicted and they finally take the fourth trial because they appeal it out of the 
Savannah County. So how did he die? He shot him. John Williams shot him? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, several times. Love gone and wrong. It, and it was supposed to be in self-defense because he was drunk and he was um, threatening him. And so, you know, he acted in self-defense, which is what the whole trial was about. Mm-hmm. However, the reason that there were four trials and all this happened was that there was no gunpowder residue on the other person's hands. Oh. Yeah, on on the Jude Law character's hands. Okay. Yeah. So um, he was convicted twice. The fourth time, you know, after the appeals, they um, took it out of the county and he was acquitted. Okay. Okay. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. So you're probably wondering. Where's the magic come in? Where's the magic? Where's the witchiness come in? Mm -hmm. So there is a character in the movie called Minerva. Minerva. And I absolutely love her. She is a voodoo priestess. Wow. Yes. Okay. She is a real person and she died in 2009. Okay. So Barron says, who wrote the book, he says that aside from the name change, okay, that everything you read in the book and the movie is absolutely verbatim about this character. About this character. Yeah, and pretty wow. much like I said, how can you make this up? So, um, she was the common law wife of Dr. Buzzard. Dr. Buzzard. And the last, he was the great last voodoo practitioner in Beaufort County. Yeah. Wow. So, when he died, she put on his purple glasses and set herself up as a root doctor in Savannah. Like, in, mm-hmm. she was in a surrounding county, I think. Um, so... At one point, Kevin Spacey tells John Cusack, you didn't know you were deep in voodoo country, right? Right. And so when he gets arrested, they, him and John Cusack go to the graveyard and meet Minerva. Like and for they're, help. They're going to do a ritual. And not really against, uh, you know, Jude Law's character or anything like that. It's against the DA <laughs> that arrests John Oh, know? wow. Okay. And so she tells him to basically black out the eyes and sew up uh, his mouth with dove's blood. And and that's going to, you know, get him off of the charges. And so at one point in the trial, you see this picture sitting there and it's hilarious. Um, his name is Spencer Lawton and he filed charges against Jim Williams. And so Jim Williams is, you know, getting Minerva to to do a spell. Okay. Yeah. So they meet in the graveyard to cast the spell. And what I love is that she says, you have to meet, it's one hour. And it's one hour before midnight for doing good and one hour after midnight for doing evil. Hmm. And you need a little bit of both. Interesting. Yeah. And she tells John Cusack to understand the living, you must commune with the dead. I could agree with that. Mm Mm-hmm. So, they believe that justice was not done at the end of the trial. So, in the movie, and I cannot fact check, I couldn't find, like, what the true details were, was that he feels like he's not going to be acquitted because of the gunpowder residue. And he confides in John Cusack's character that he actually, Jude Law's character, did not pull the trigger and that he just shot him. Okay. Whoops. So, but then when the his attorney comes in and says that they didn't bag the hands, and so it's 
they can't use it. They can't. Oh. And so then he's acquitted. Now, there, I'm sure there's some fiction in I'm that. I'm sure that was fabricated a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So then he decides that he's not going to tell the truth, but John Cusack's character knows the truth. And so they're saying that it, he was not, um, justice was not served. And true to the fact, I think eight or nine months after he was acquitted, he died suddenly, Jim Williams, in the same room that Billy Hansen's character oh, really? was killed. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So why did they so think? So they're saying that it was the whole, like his ghost, his spirit was going to get vengeance. Oh. Yeah. So spoiler alert, at the end of the movie, you know, he's laying there dying and you see Jude Law like laying beside him and smiling like... I like I got I got you I finally got justice oh dang yeah so that I that's so interesting that's yeah yeah so a lot of voodoo going on you know in Savannah in Savannah and Savannah it's like so we said like still oh absolutely yeah yeah okay yeah absolutely and I felt like that I mean we were just there last year yeah and I felt like it was completely palpable there was definitely an energy going on there. Mm-hmm. I love to go to the South. And of course, we talk about plants and my love of plants. Mm-hmm. And the Spanish moss that hangs it's from the beautiful. trees, which is a Southern thing. You know, it only grows in the South. It's and not, I feel like so it's pretty. very mysterious and ominous and mm-hmm. it kind of lends to the creepy. And a lot of times in movies, you'll see it as almost a character. It's like... Trying to set the tone. Yeah, and you see it at the beginning of this movie when they're showing you, like, Johnny Mercer's, you know. Right. Yeah. And so you can actually use Spanish moss medicinally for rheumatism. Oh, really? Yeah, and sore muscles. They'll use it in a bath or a tea. Huh. I did not know that. Yeah. But the the funny thing about it, it's not Spanish and it's not a moss. Uh. Yeah. Who named it? Uh, well, I didn't go that deep into it, but it's all—it's actually called an epiphyte, epiphyte, which means it grows upon other plants, but it's not a parasite. So, like oh. a parasitic plant will latch itself right. to another plant and take its nutrients, f- like from the other plant, right. and harm it. This doesn't. It gets its nutrients from the rain and the air, huh. and it. But it lives on the other plants. So, if it would get blown out of the tree and hit the ground, it would not survive. And it's actually a member of the pineapple family. What? Right? That's odd. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So I thought that was super interesting, and it makes me love Spanish moss even more. Yeah. Well, how cool. I know. Right? It's it's such a beautiful plant. I love it. So what do you think about that? Because when we went to Savannah, I, 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 I told you I could live there. Yeah, I would like to spend more time there. I mean, we were literally only there for a few hours. Um, It definitely, I think it is the most mystical place I've ever been. Like, Mm -hmm. there was definitely this feeling in the air of, like, there's some old magic going on here. Oh, yeah. Like, it, like, seeped into the ground. Just, like, it just... The architecture of the buildings. The buildings are beautiful. The the Spanish moss. The I mean, it's just, it's beautiful. Yeah. And, of course, you can tour the Mercer Williams house. Which, yeah, that... Yeah, and you see a lot of what's in the movie. Right. And I that's exciting to me. And the real Yeah, I would recommend it. 
definitely. Going to see the bird lady statue in not in the Bonaventure Cemetery anymore, but at the museum. Mm-hmm. And I love this movie. It's a great. I think it's a great movie. Yeah, I do. It so, is. It is a little long. It is long. But again, oh, and I did want to tell you, you know what was really interesting? Hmm. You probably won't know this. Look, she's trying to get one over on me. What? I am. Because um, there's a scene where they go to this Clancy's restaurant twice. Like there's a shot taken in this restaurant twice. And uh, James Gandolfini plays diner cook number two. (laughs) What? Do you see him? (laughs) Yeah, you see him, but it's uncredited. An uncredited role. Was it like one of his first roles? No. What? No. And it's actually only like a couple years out from because. Oh, I was going to say in 97, wasn't The Sopranos? No, 2000. When did I say? Oh, yeah. The Sopranos started in like. I don't know. I can't I don't know what year. Wasn't it the the late 90s? Fact check. I think it was. 1999 was the first. Yeah. So this was 97. Right? Is that what I said? Yeah, you said yeah. that. So it was like two years out from The Sopranos, and he plays Wow, diner cook number two. His and best role. His <laughs> best role. And there's a character in there called Luther Driggers, and he um, has he's like a chemist that wants to poison the city if he's in a mood, and he has these flies buzzing around him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's the guy from Salem's Lot that creeps us the yeah, heck out on I the did chair. Know that. But he also, you wouldn't know this because it's you know before your time. But there was when Clint Eastwood was younger, he was like famous for these movies called Any Which Way But Loose and Any Which Way You Can, Any Which Way You Can. And this character, his name's Jeffrey Lewis. Um, he was his sidekick in those movies. And so since Clint Eastwood, you know, directed Aww. this. He was yeah. in Oh. Yeah, so those are the cool. The Six Degrees. Yeah. So those are some cool little fun facts. I like it. But the fact that James Gandolfini was in there, I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I had no idea. Now I'm going to have to go back and look out for him. Yeah. So what do you think about the murder? Do you think Do you think he did it? Do you think oh, it I definitely the- think he did it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Shady. 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why I've always felt like that. I just mm-hmm. kind of like, no, <laughs> like you did it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I think that you should go watch the movie because the scenes with what was the Minerva was that mm-hmm. are fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. I like them. Yeah. She's like the best character. She, yeah. She, well, and Lady Chablis oh, is a good Lady character. Lady Chablis. And she's, um, and she plays herself. Right. Yeah, I think that it is a, uh, for anyone interested in this kind of stuff, I think that it is definitely a good watch. Mm -hmm. Um, I've heard that the book is better. Yes. So if you're a reader, maybe read the book. Mm -hmm. And you've done both. I have done both, but it has been so long. It's been a long time since I've read the book. I should probably revisit it. But you know what? The soundtrack is so good to the movie and it adds to the, the mystical feeling of it. Yeah. Um, I just feel like when you put that soundtrack on or when you're watching the movie that you're like partaking in some kind of like, oh, yeah. like spiritual yeah. practice almost. I don't know. It just feels very, yeah, I don't know. Old. Yes. I don't, there's something about Savannah, man. I loved it. Uh, I loved it. So go check out Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. Yeah, definitely. And, and check out the Mothman Prophecies, too. And the too. Mothman Prophecies. Mm-hmm. And that is um, our episode. That is our episode. How do you feel? 
I feel good now that I've learned the difference between saying episode and that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> <We've both laughs> because been... <laughs> apparently I don't know the lingo, the podcast lingo. We've both been doing that this whole time. <laughs> like, oh that's a whole nother podcast episode <laughs> or else you're gonna have like 90 podcasts 90 different podcasts people are like what the heck the, what are they talking about you know it's gonna oh take a my while gosh it's gonna take a while maybe one day we'll comprise a list of all of the cool places we say to go because in this episode too you need to go to point pleasant west virginia and you need to go to savannah and tour the mercer you house you gotta go to the mercer williams house yeah. it is it was on my bucket list I, have I told you lately, Jake, that I love you because I was so happy when you suggested that we go there because I was like, it was a fun time. He's not going to want to go there. Yeah. No, it, it was, was a great good time. <laughs> yeah. He won't let me see the world's biggest ball of time. But well, for sorry. Right. Who, who, who does? Work? I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> come on. Now. There you go. All right, everyone. That was a fun one. That wow, was a that, good one. I feel like that was a very educational one. Not, yeah. not that, I mean, w- these all are, but yeah. these were both based on like actual events. That's, yeah. um, yeah. Way to go, us. Way to go. Hello. High five. Yay. So, uh, TTFN. Yeah. We'll talk to you later. Yeah. Yeah. Cut, print, check the gate. Moving on. <laughs>